We're going to be reading Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13 through 18. And to this morning, we're going to highlight verse 16. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so when that the day of evil comes, you may be able to, able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. This is the word of God. A few years back, I remember having a conversation with an acquaintance of mine. This acquaintance, he was a part of the United States Army Special Forces. It's also known as the Green Berets. Um, and the Green Berets are known to really just have a high, intense level of training. And I remember in one of our conversations, he shared uh, what some of that training entailed. And this one, uh, one example of his training was just very high intense. He was a really high intense person to start with and kind of saw how to happen because of some of his training. And the one in particular, he shared um, that he would uh, never forget, was probably the most challenging one that he ever had, was first, they, they uh, tied him up, uh, they, got a, you know, they got a covering for his eyes, they covered up his eyes, they put him in a the van, they drove off for what he felt like a few hours, they drop him off, and they tell him to survive. And in the survival, it was just in the middle and the random location within the woods. And that was his goal. That was his job for you to succeed. All you have to do is with nothing, no, no clothes, no food, nothing surrounding, surrounding you, nothing giving to you. You are to survive. It was my affirmation at the time that I was meant to be a pastor, um, you know, and it was that moment when I heard, oh my gosh, this is something that you guys really go through. They provided him with nothing. There was no shelter, no food, no time besides the sun in itself, and he shared that what it felt like for days, it was so difficult. He wanted to give up. He wanted to quit. He did not want to endure any longer, but it was in that process, in that training, where he knew that he had to keep on going. And I asked him, I was like, well, what made you continue? What allowed you to move forward in light of this horrific and this uh, great amount of training that you had to go through? And he says, Brian, all I had was faith. And now I'm not talking about a godly faith, right? But, but for him, it was this, at least this notion of faith, that it was in the faith of who he was, the faith of what he wanted to be, the faith in light of all the training that he's been through. He knew that in all of that, in that moment of faith that would be tested, it would actually guide him through the outside circumstance. And as we dive into this armor of God, when the Apostle Paul talks about the shield of faith, Paul's main point 
is to find your faith in the one that will protect you, that we can find our faith in the one that is to shield us from any outside circumstance and any inside fears within our spiritual battle. This morning, I have three points for us as we talk about what the Apostle Paul says, the shield of faith. Three points is why. Why do we need this shield of faith? Secondly, what does it do? And finally, how to apply it. Why, what, and how. First point, why do we need this shield of faith? Verse 16, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Now, I want us to immediately just highlight the first five words of verse 16 where it says, in addition to all this. Now, this phrase is actually really important for us. Uh, It tells us actually why we need the shield. First, uh, the phrase tells us that the Apostle Paul is differentiating the armor piece from all of the other pieces. So he's emphasizing the importance because the shield was actually the first barrier against the enemy's attack. Secondly, when you look in the Greek, uh, there's the original language of the New Testament. Uh, Many would translate that as above all and always. And my favorite version is in all circumstances, which is what you would also see in different translations, meaning this, that the shield of faith was the primary defense against Satan's attacks, and it must be ready for all circumstances, for all circumstances. Now, why is that important to understand? See, for us, to understand the shield of faith, that scripture is telling us to take up, one has to come to the terms that is something that you can never put down. There are no timeouts for this warfare that we are going through. There are no moments we can just kind of rest and settle and be a little bit comfortable. For Satan knows himself that that is when he can attack So the Apostle Paul, he's stating that you are to be reminded in all circumstances, walk with the shield of faith. Never assume that your circumstances uh, will not be there, but you are to always be alert. I mean, I, I mentioned this before, but I don't know if I'm the only one, but I often get the most wrecked when I assume a little too much. I don't know if I'm the only one, but I cause the most havoc when I assume something about the person that's around me. See, when we assume that things are okay, we put our guards down. The circumstances get a little harsher. The winter gets a little bit colder. Am I the only one in this room? So the Apostle Paul, he continues. He says that in all circumstances, Be guarded, for he describes the realities of this spiritual warfare. What does the Apostle Paul say in verse 16? He talks about the flaming arrows of the evil one. Now, in Scripture, whenever you see uh, an arrow, um, it's often related to an attack, specifically an attack in the form of suffering. So, Psalm chapter 11, verse 2, it says, For look... The wicked bend their bows, they set their arrows against the strings to shoot from the shadows at the upright in heart. 
Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 8, it says, Their tongue is a deadly arrow. It speaks deceit. With his mouth one speaks peace to his neighbor, but inwardly he sets an ambush for him. So flaming arrows is, a, is actually a form of suffering. And the reality is that for you and I within this room right now, we are experiencing flaming arrows. It may come in the form of sickness. It may come in the form of an overwhelming sorrow. It may be the loss of a loved one. It may be the lack of a purpose. It may be the lack of a job. And it does what suffering will do is it will inflame, inflame your realities unto anxieties. Suffering makes us feel like life does not make sense. That's when the question comes, why am I going through what I'm going through? I can't make sense of it. But in light of the Christian faith, what Christian, the Christian faith does in terms of suffering is it gives it a purpose. It gives it a hope in light of our suffering. Tim Keller, a well-known pastor in New York, says it this way. Christianity, it teaches that contra-fatalism, suffering is overwhelming. Contra-Buddhism, suffering is real. Contra-karma, suffering is often unfair. But contra-secularism, suffering is meaningful. There is a purpose to suffering. And if faced rightly, it can drive us like a nail deep into the love of God and into more stability and more spiritual power than you can ever imagine. So in light of the Christian faith and midst of our suffering, what the Christian faith does is it offers us hope and it offers us the reality, the truth that we are all sufferers. That the Apostle Paul, he says that there is a day of evil, but in this day of evil, in this spiritual battleground for what will win your heart, your suffering has purpose. It reminds us that you are loved more than you will ever know. And it also reminds us that you are never alone. And this is not what suffering does for every one of us. That light of suffering, light of the battle of your soul, on top of that, a little bit of manipulation and what sin does to you, you, you make you feel like you're all alone. But Scripture reminds us that we are not alone, we are not forsaken, we are loved by the Most High. If I can say it this way, Scripture, it never promises a pivot shift in one circumstance, right? So if you think about it, right, when an arrow is shooting up in the air, full-blown, nothing's going to really stop that arrow. It's going to go, and it's going to hit you, and it's going to be a direct hit. Right? So Scripture, it doesn't promise a, a pivot shift in your circumstance. But what Scripture does promise is that when you come in faith, it becomes a pivot shift in how you make sense of your circumstance. So we need the shield of faith, for it is in all circumstances, meaning all forms of suffering, the realities of this world. We need it because it will never go away. So the question becomes, in light of this need, what does God offer? 
He offers us a shield of faith. What is it? Look at verse 16. continues, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish. I'm going to stop right there. Now, when you see the shield for the Roman soldier, it was meant to protect every kind of assault, right? The purpose of the shield was to protect, and at the same time, specifically, often it was meant to protect them from arrows. Now, when we talk about the shield of faith, it's, it's, it's we, you know, when we see uh, things like in movies and in media, we, what do we see? We see like these armies and these soldiers with a, with a small shield. And it's uh, a lot smaller than what the Apostle Paul is talking about. When the Apostle Paul is referring to the shield uh, for the Roman soldier, uh, that shield was actually meant to cover the entire body. Uh, most uh, historians will state that that shield would go all the way up to the shoulder and all the way down to the lower part of his knees. And on top of that, uh, not only was it large, it was constructed uh, and it was laminated with outside edges curving towards the soldier. So what that meant is it protected the soldier. And many commentators emphasize that this shield was meant to also cover uh, all of the other armors, meaning the shield was actually very important for battle. And we also see this in Scripture, Proverbs chapter 30, verse 5. Every word of God is flawless. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Genesis 15, verse 1, it says, After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. So what we see in Scripture is that this shield was more than just a shield. It was a protection, but this protection was meant for the spiritual. The the protection was meant for your soul, and it was in this protective shield we can find refuge in Him, for we are reminded that we are not alone, and that God is for us, and who can be against us. Now, verse 16, it says that there's to be a shield of faith. What, what is there to protect us from? It says that the flaming arrows of the evil one. Now, I mentioned that a little bit earlier. We talked about the arrows. I just, I just want to expand on this a little bit. See, in light of warfare, whenever there was an arrow attack, the purpose was obviously to afflict uh, deadly wounds upon the person that you're facing against. But historians will say that the, per- the primary purpose of this attack was actually a little bit more strategic. It was actually for the purpose of unraveling the formation. So that arrow attack was meant to specifically unravel soldier- soldiers that were to stand, right? So what would happen was that these arrows, they, would, um, they were uh, often dipped in pitch and uh, it would be lit uh, before being fired right? So it was a flaming arrow. So what these flaming arrows would do as the soldiers would line up and just all shoot out these arrows at once, it would cause havoc amongst the line. It would cause them to panic. And as they started to panic, what happens, right? They get a little anxious, get a little fearful, panic attack happens. So the shield that they have on, now because of the fiery flame that was upon the shield, they drop it. They put it down to the floor, and now they make themselves vulnerable to the actual spear attack of their enemies. So it is with suffering. When suffering comes crashing down, when suffering 
is all that you see when you look in the air and all you see are flaming arrows coming at you. And then that shield that you thought you had, it gets a little inflamed. We often respond in the very same way. We panic. We put our guards down. Essentially, you and I, we often respond very poorly to our suffering. Rather than continuing to hold on the faith that has shaped you and I over the years and life of the gospel that proclaims he was faithful to us, we respond in faithlessness. We respond in a lack of hope. I'm reminded of the Israelites, what did they do on their journey to the promised land? They simply just kept on forgetting. That is you and I in light of our suffering. We respond by faithlessness. Now, what do I mean? Now, what happens in the war, right? When you know that you're losing, you know that you lost. What's the first thing you're going to do? If you have an option, you retreat. You run. You run because you know that there is no hope. In the same way, when there is suffering, the question I have for you and I within this room is the question that I often ask myself. When there is suffering, do you run away from the values that you once believed in Scripture? Are you running away from the counsel that stems from truth? Are you running away from the church that God has blessed you with in light of accountability? See, we immediately put our shields down when things get a little bit hard. You know, over the summer, uh, you know, I was on a road trip with a few brothers and as we were driving uh, on our way back home, I'll never forget this moment. And uh, we were driving, and uh, you know, we were having a conversation, and I, I said this. I said, life is hard. And one of the brothers just kind of stopped, and he said, you're right, Brian, life is hard. Life is hard. But then he stopped and he said, it will always be hard. But in light of faith, how will you hope? And I will never forget that. Because I think in that moment, in that short ride way back, I forgot I forgot of the promises of God. I forgot his sovereignty because that's what suffering does. It ignites, it inflames things, and it gets a little difficult. We run. See, whenever we see a shield in Scripture, um, it actually tells you the complete opposite of running. When we see a shield in Scripture, it was meant to protect, and it was meant to protect from all types of combat. See, if I can explain, well, when you see the shield for the Roman soldier, uh, what it actually had was it had skin and hides, and it covered the shield that would prevent the wood from catching fire. Furthermore, uh, what the soldier would often do is he would immerse this shield in water. He would soak the leather and the canvas. So in actuality, it was actually ready for this fiery arrow. A lot of military literature, it would indicate that the shield would absorb and can absorb the flaming arrows. Meaning, if soldiers at the time were just willing 
to allow the shield to absorb the flame, there would be no unraveling. There would be no room to attack if they just stood firm because the shield actually had the ability to absorb the fiery arrow. In the same way, the shield of faith, it also extinguishes the flaming arrows of suffering because it absorbs the flames. It absorbs the flames because we are placing our faith in the one that absorbed it all on the cross. And we're not talking about skin and hide from animals that surround the shield, but we're talking about blood and flesh from an incarnate Jesus Christ. And because of that, and we, because we place our faith in this shield, we know that he absorbed it all on the cross. And in the same way, if we are in him, we too can absorb the suffering that we go through. See, when we think about the gospel, we think about this fall that we, you and I, every single person in this room, we deserved the very wrath of God. We deserved flaming arrows all upon us because of the entrance of sin. But what would God do? What would God the Father do? A gracious God, he would send down his loving son. And in light of sending his loving son, it would be a sacrifice. And on this sacrifice, what we see on the cross, he would be placed up and he would drop down all of his armor. He would put down the shield that he eternally had. And in light of this vulnerability, God's wrath, arrow by arrow, by arrow, by arrow, would be placed on Jesus. In the light of that truth, because we were spared from that wrath, we can live freely accordingly to him. That is the salvation plan. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 declares, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of of God. See, on the cross, Jesus Christ, he absorbed, he endured, he conquered all of God's wrath, all of the flaming arrows on the cross that you and I deserved so that we can live accordingly to him. That is the salvation plan, but what I love about this plan is that it actually plays out for us today that it tells us that if Jesus Christ, if he absorbed all of the wrath that we deserve, well, most certainly he is with you in the wrath that you are currently experiencing, that you are not alone, no, that you are not left astray, no, that you are not forgotten, but he is for you and he is with you. He absorbed it all. So does he not get it? Is he not with you? I, I, wish I, would believe, I wish you would believe this truth right now. That he is with you. He is for you. He absorbed it. He absorbed it for you. And he is with you. Not only that, if he absorbed it, but we are in him, that means you and I, oh, we most certainly can absorb it as well. The suffering can be tough, but best believe that scripture tells us that it is a momentary affliction. You are not alone. 
you are not forgotten. God saved you from the suffering that you and I eternally deserved. But in our faith in him, not only does he shield us from that eternal damnation, but he also shields us from the earthly sufferings that we deal with today. So how do we apply this for us? Our third point, how do we apply this shield of faith? Now, I want to go back to verse 11 very quickly. Uh, Paul reminds us, he says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Why do I want to highlight that? Because in light of spiritual warfare, the devil is, is known to be just a bit crafty. He has schemes, meaning he knows what arrows to throw at you. What I mentioned before, he says to in all circumstances, meaning, right, that he knows that right times on when to actually attack you. And in the same way, just as Satan has schemes and it is often strategic as men and women that go through spiritual warfare as soldiers of Christ, if you will, we are to respond in that same way. We're meant to be strategic in how we are to defend ourselves. So there are three ways I want to kind of practical ways of applying this shield of faith. First, we want to identify our arrows. Identifying the arrow. What do I mean? Uh, rather than just say, put on the shield of faith, you know, like, oh, you're going through a really rough time and you're going through some suffering, you know, put on a shield. Like, uh, let's, let's go a little bit deeper than that, right? Let's, let's expand on that, right? You know, prior to the putting on, you have to understand what's actually attacking you. So we want to identify the arrow, meaning what's the flaming arrow that is constantly being aimed at you? If I can break that down, what kind of suffering are you currently going through? What kind of past experience have, have you been brushing under the rug because you never wanted to identify what it actually was doing? What unaddressed sin are you uh, allowing to constantly just attack you and rule over you? Identifying the arrow. For some of us, some of us actually have to identify the arrow, but sometimes you guys have to identify when it's going to be thrown at you, Right? You have to know uh, what is actually affecting you personally. You know that this gospel is not just a general gospel, but it's also a very specific gospel that applies to you. Identifying the arrow. What is the arrow that is within your life? Secondly, in light of application of this shield of faith, is to acknowledge the flame. So what happens is when you identify the arrow, well, what does the Apostle Paul, he describes the arrow, that it's a flame. And in the same way, if this arrow is uh, going to uh, be a, a, an inflammation, uh, meaning you are knowing the arrow, you're experiencing it, um, you have to acknowledge of how you are feeling right? It's kind of like a, a biblical counseling understanding that, that not only are you identifying the arrow, but you're also acknowledging how it is affecting you. Because what happens is if you never acknowledge that this arrow has, actually has flames and is actually kind of uh, being absorbed and you're actually going through that amount of suffering, if you never really acknowledge that, what happens? You're going to actually be like that soldier that I just mentioned, right? You're going to identify it, Right? But then all of a sudden, because you never really acknowledge that it is inflaming your soul, 
you're going to be surprised. You're going to unravel all of a sudden because you didn't realize how much it actually impacted you. See, often when we think about our hearts, it's really important that we are acknowledging, we are actually admitting that this suffering is really impacting us. That is actually reality and it's actually a painful reality and it is shaping how we are responding to it. And finally, to take up the shield. What does that mean? It means that you won't run. It means that you would stand firm. It means that you know that you have an assurance to stand on. And not only that, when we see Ephesians chapter 6, verses 18, it says that pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and all kinds of requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people and to take up the shield. But not only do you take up the shield in all circumstances as you intimately pray to the Most High, the one that will protect you, you also have people within your life, with, which we call the church, to join you in this battle, right? You never see, whenever you see a battle, it's never just one versus many. It's always many against another, right? We see the whole form. We see a whole lot of shield. We see a whole lot of defense ready to combat in war. So, so take up the shield of faith and pray through it. And do it within the context of his people. And I just want to close with this, and I'll be out your way. You know, the one thing that saddens me as a pastor, uh, in, the, in the few years that I've had, but I've seen, is when people run. Out of all the things I've seen in my short life, um, you know, what, what saddens me the most, and I speak on behalf of the pastoral staff, what saddens us the most amongst all of the suffering that people go through, and there is much, but what breaks our hearts the most is when people decide to run. That in light of these momentary afflictions, than these sufferings and this brokenness. They don't know what to do. The arrow feels a little bit inflamed and the shield that they thought they had, they just want to drop it. And I say that in light of just encouragement, number one, knowing that yeah, there are sufferings, and it will feel inflamed, and it will be very consuming. But don't let that go. Be strong. Be courageous. Joshua 1, 9. Be firm in the Lord. He is with you. And no, it will not burn you. No, it will not destroy you. No, it will not break you. In light of the gospel, where we see Jesus Christ experiencing and absorbing the one that is with you, the one that is for you, and if he is within you, you most certainly can absorb it all, and he is with you. So don't run. Stand. And as you stand, look at the people that are around you. 
for we are standing with you and we'll walk with you, we'll pray with you, we'll counsel you in light of not our names, not of this church, but for God's glory. Will you join me in prayer this morning?